Hey friends, you're listening to episode number 45 of the Live With Audacity podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Stewart, and wow, we are on an intuition self-love train lately. I have had the absolute pleasure of having some of the best mindset coaches to grace this podcast recently, and I couldn't be happier to speak to these incredible women. Today's guest is no different. I get to speak with Jamie Lerner, well-being therapist. She has a unique view of her life experiences and says she's on her third life. We explore what that means and how each of our life experiences lead us to the next right thing for our lives. Let's dive in. You're listening to the Live with Audacity podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Stewart. Audacity is defined by Merriam-Webster as intrepid boldness or disregard for normal constraints. And that's exactly what we have here. The Live with Audacity podcast is aimed at giving you the courage to explore your someday dreams, do things your way, and start making things happen in your life right now. I'm a mom of four kiddos ranging from college student to kindergartner, wife to a high school football and track coach, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. Together with my guests, we're going to teach you how to live with audacity and intentionality, discover and utilize your unique skills and talents, and step into who you are meant to be in order to make your someday dreams a reality. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning back into the Live With Audacity podcast. I am so thrilled today to have Miss Jamie Lerner on the show. Today, she is going to talk to us about how to have an integrative approach to well-being. And she is a well-being therapist. And Jamie, welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Okay, so tell us, break this down for us a little bit um, for someone who has no idea what a well-being therapist is. Can you um, dive into that and kind of tell us what that encompasses? Sure. So um, my training is psychotherapy, and I did that for a long time. However, when I was um, in my private practice, I never felt right. It never felt like 100% like this is the best way to go with people. So um, I, I felt like, you know, maybe we don't have to look back in order to move forward. So after many years in a, a successful private practice, I, um, I gave it up and I traveled, studied and kind of switched gears. And now what I'm doing is I'm assisting people in assisting themselves because I believe that we are our own greatest resources and that most often we do know what's best for ourselves. So I assist people in tapping back into themselves redirecting themselves back to their inner knowing, their inner being, so that they can gently and successfully guide themselves to their best selves and create a life that they are wanting to live. 
I love that so much because, um, yeah, I, I say that all the time that you have everything inside of you already that you need. There's nothing else to be found. It's just, you have to tap into it and, um, and really rely on it. Right. And, and trust yourself. I think, um, that when we remind people of this and we give them permission to begin to really tune into themselves and to trust themselves and to know themselves and to become what I like to refer to as um, lovingly curious about themselves. I think it really can be um, a very fun and um, gentle process towards, you know, carving out a life that we really would like to be living. Yeah. Oh man. I love that so much. Okay. So tell us how, first I would love to dive into, um, on your website, it says this is your, your third, um, what do you call it? Your third life. (laughs) Uh, I did everything really, really young. So, um, I've already had my, um, my family. I I've had my career, um, I even have four grandchildren now. Um, and, and now I'm just on to the, my next life. And it, it's so interesting because I think especially for women, we are so good at just reinventing ourselves over and over and over. And when we can address ourselves in a way uh, that allows ourselves to really tap into desires about what we want for ourselves next, I think then... You know, it's so easy to do that for ourselves. Um, so, yes, I, I'm actually, I think that I have nine lives. And, <laughs> and you're on number three. I love that. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about how um, you got to this place. Um, obviously, you've had a, um, a beautiful life so far, but kind of tell us how you got into this and why this is so important to you. So I was born with a knowing, and I think we all are. And just through, you know, living life, I think that we tend to move further and further away from ourselves and forget that, you know, we are our own greatest resource. Um, I was always fascinated by um, interpersonal relationships and psychology, and I knew that I wanted to study and do something in that field. So it was kind of a natural progression for me. Um, However, um, I always also knew that when we spend a lot of time looking back, we get stuck. And stuck is either a lifetime or it's a moment. And when we are able to look at it as just a moment and then move forward into the next moment and the next moment, I think that's when we feel best and once again can create an amazing life for ourselves. So it was an essential um, thing for me to, and it was an interesting thing too, because all throughout my private practice, I knew that there was something more and I knew that there was another way to assist people in assisting themselves. Uh, And really it took kind of like the knowing that there's no perfect time. There won't even be a good time to give it up and to take a break and to really do what I wanted to do. But I did. And I will never regret that decision because I think that was me 
relaxing into the trust of myself, knowing what was possible and how I could further assist people. So that's kind of been the journey and it's been really fun and really wonderful. Yeah. So great. Okay. What was it about your practice that you felt like was missing that, that made you feel like there had to be more and um, a greater purpose for you? It wasn't a greater purpose for me, but I think when we do psychotherapy with clients, we are always asking them to look back and to talk about what was, and we really don't allow them to take personal responsibility for what's going on in there now. So in what I do now, if people want to talk about what happened then, I ask them to do it from their right here and now adult perspective. Because if we can look at what happened then from now, we see it very differently because we are adults now and we have a different outlook than we did when we were a small child. And I think that's really helpful because um, it helps us address ourselves, take some personal responsibility and kind of embrace the contrast that happened with family of origin or whoever and whenever, and to understand that because of then, we actually are where we are now, which is a good place to be. We know what we want, even though (laughs) you ask people all day long what they want and they tell you all day long what they don't want. Um, Right, yeah. (laughs) I, I think because of contrast, we really are much clearer about what we are wanting for ourselves. So, you know, then the next thing we talk about is desire. Like, okay, well, what do you want for yourself? And that becomes this ongoing, wonderful conversation that a person begins to have with themselves about themselves. And that takes on a whole other um, kind of, you know, picture than when we're sitting and just revisiting what happened back then and using kind of the blaming, complaining game to argue Mm -hmm. for patients, you know, to justify why we are not either happy or why we haven't done what we wanted to do or so on and so forth. So I completely agree. And yes, totally a hundred percent on board with that. I have found, um, When I do a visualization meditation with people, like I have them truly visualize their perfect day. And when we're done, they'll um, just to help, like you said, help them dream, help them, um, you know, people always know what they don't want, but oftentimes they don't know what they do want. And so when we do a visualization, they're like, Uh, You know, and I'll I'll ask them, well, what kind of popped out at you that was kind of surprising that you didn't really, you know, expect? Um, And there's there's always something that they think, oh, wow, that's so strange. Like that felt really good at the time, but that just totally came out of left field. Um, So I think that's really um, important to point out is that a lot of times we do we get caught up in our heads and what's possible um, here in the now and it's it gets really hard for us to see um what's the word i'm looking for bigger than that right like we we like to put so many stipulations and boxes around everything and 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 think that 
you know, things aren't possible, but when we take some time to actually dream about it with no, no regard for what's really possible or not, um, it's pretty exciting. Yes, it, it is very exciting. And, you know, the other thing that I like to remind people is that if they are choosing to be stuck, if they are choosing to live a life from what I would call their limited beliefs, then that's great. But acknowledge that because there's a lot of power in acknowledging that where you are and how you feel about where you are is where you're going to continue to stay instead of feeling like you are a victim to something or someone. So that's another way that is helpful for people to really step into personal responsibility. Yes. Talk to me a little bit about, obviously, personal responsibility is so important um, and can help us move, like you just said, past those stuck parts. But why is that so hard for us? (laughs) Why is it so hard for us to be like, no, this is my, like, yes, those things happen to me, but this is my thing that I have to figure out and get past. I think that, um, People don't even know it's an option. I think that our society really rewards people for drama and trauma and being a victim. And so I think that we have been socialized, which is fine. This is not a commentary about society. But (laughs) um, (laughs) we just call it a little bit of contrast. Um, (laughs) We make up this story about ourselves and our life and Most of it's not even true, but the bigger the story, the greater the audience. And we get really hooked on the audience and all of the external validation. And so when I ask people to really examine, like, is this really your story? And they're able to step back and look at it. They're like, no. However, they have spent so much time investing in this story that they're not sure if they give give the story up, you know, who they are. So then it's kind of interesting opportunity to unpack the story a little bit, whether it's a, a sentence or a paragraph or, you know, a chapter and really get back to, you know, who you are as opposed to who you've become because of external validation. Yeah, I think that's super valuable. I have actually found too that um, when being a coach and helping people um, get past their stuff, you like to connect with people, people want to hear like all the stuff that you've been through a lot of times. Um, And for me, yeah, there's tons of stuff I've been through, but it's in the past and I don't, I don't really like to revisit it because it's, it's back there and I've overcome it and I've, I'm moving forward. So talk to us a little bit about how we can still use our past to, um, you know, to make ourselves better or to help ourselves become the best person that we can be um, while also being okay with moving past it and leaving it in the past and not having to dredge it up all the time. Yeah, no, I think that that's so wonderful. And I think you're right. People are always trying to connect 
with the person that has had like the most trauma and drama. Um, and you're right. There is also another way to connect with people and it's through the strengths that they have created through overcoming what has occurred. So how can we reframe what happened in the past and really use it as like a jumping off point for where we are going next? Um, so do we need to talk about what happened to talk about where we are? No. But in referencing what happened, Really, we could say, like, it is amazing because through all of the contrasts that I experienced, I am in this place now where I feel so empowered, where I feel so clear, where I feel so self-directed. You know, those are very self-empowering statements that acknowledge that wherever you were was, you know, very helpful in where you are right now. And now moving forward onto the next thing, the next idea, the next desire, but mostly it's the next moment. Like I believe that if we can live just moment by moment and create a connection with ourselves, our thoughts and our feelings, then we are really able to consciously create a life for ourselves. Yes, I love that so much. Um, what is one thing that, is there anything that you wish you would have had the courage to do sooner? And if so, what is it? I really believe in divine timing. And, and I think <laughs> we have all these experiences and opportunities. And I think in some ways, um, we need that divine timing as guidance. So looking back, I think it all unfolded just perfectly and beautifully. And the moments that I felt stuck and got out of my own way and just relaxed into feeling what, you know, that where I was in this moment was okay. I think those were the moments that made the next moment clearer. I saw the next door opening. I saw the next wonderful opportunity presented to me because there was no resistance. So I think divine timing and divine guidance gives us kind of like an opportunity to take a breath. It doesn't mean that we're giving up personal responsibility or free choice or free will, but it's just allowing us to trust the process. That's that can be really hard for people sometimes. Um, I know that I have struggled with that over the years um, and just feeling like, oh, I know the answer is right here. Why can't I figure it out? It's kind of like when you lost something and you frantically are looking for it, like your keys and you're late and you're looking for them everywhere and you know you saw them and you go into this whole thing. And then the minute you just like let it go and you just go like, <laughs> you know, F it, I'm just going to get my other set of keys. And then you look down and they're there. There they are. I know. <laughs> and so that happens all the time, you know? So it's about like taking a moment, laughing at yourself, laughing with yourself and releasing resistance and just allowing the next moment to come to you, you know? Um, yeah. And I think that that's really helpful, you know, because we get ourselves 
it, it worked up into such a frenzy where we can't see anything. You know, it's where it's kind of like a, a panic moment. And it's it's really unnecessary. So many things we do to ourselves. <laughs> I know. It, you're so right. Like, we just get, like you said, we get that tunnel vision. And we're like, I know the answer is right here. And I can't get up from my desk until I figure this out. Blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> like you said, as soon as you walk away, and that's exactly what my experience has been, is that I, I walked away and I was like, I am not thinking about this all weekend or, you know, for a week or whatever. And boom, I come back to it. And it's like, duh, it was right there the whole time. What a big yeah. ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, I think there's a lot of value in us taking a breath and, um, you know, just being a, a little gentler with ourselves, you know, so. gentler with ourselves. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, society does put a lot of um, expectations on us. And I think if we can be gentler with ourselves, um, then right, then we um resist that expectation from society of you got to do everything right and perfect and you know all the things um and so i think it's it's really valuable to be really gentle with ourselves and and find that self love and that um self respect to say i'm not getting wrapped up in that i need to um take care of myself and and be gentle i love that word Yes, that's a, yes, and to have compassion for ourselves, I think, is also very, very important. So, um, but I spend a lot of time with people laughing because what I have found is laughter is really helpful in reconnecting us with ourselves, and also it gives us a little levity to whatever it is that we're talking about or working on and mm -hmm. it is also a great way for us to connect with other people so um and none of it is as much of a big deal as we make it out to be so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so true yeah i totally agree um Man, and you know, they say laughter is the best medicine and it truly, truly is. There are times when I'm just like, oh, I feel so overwhelmed or cranky or whatever. And just being able to laugh with a friend or um, even my kids and my husband, it's just, it. like you said, it just kind of takes that pressure off, right? It's we're yes. walking around like a big pressure cooker, but laughter can help release that pressure and go, okay, yeah, I'm realizing that this is really not that big of a deal. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So tell us, obviously there's no such thing as failure unless you give up, but tell me about a time where you felt like you failed at first, but how you turned it around and what you learned from it. So, you know, I don't even believe that there's consequences. I believe that when we make a decision, then either we have a desired outcome or an undesired outcome. But even with my children, I never um, gave them the sense that they would have a consequence, an external consequence. I always encourage them to make a decision based on what they thought was right for themselves and then assess the outcome. And if the outcome was not desirable, then to make a different decision the next time. And I think that that's a really hopeful way to coach people back inward. 
Because I think when we make decisions intuitively from a place where we are connected to ourselves and trusting ourselves, and we aren't in fear of a consequence or failing, I think that we are so good at directing ourselves to make the best possible decision. Now, there are times when I've made decisions where I was not in alignment with what I was making a decision about. And those are times where my thoughts and feelings were not one. So the decisions that I would make out of alignment with myself, they did not have good outcomes. And that was helpful in giving me a reminder that sometimes I just need to say to someone, let me think about that and get back to you. Instead of just the yes or the no, based on whatever the other person's expectation was of me. And when I was able to really do that with all people and clients and just in general, it really helped me get into alignment with the task at hand or the decision I was making. And from a place of really genuinely being able to say yes or no, giving with two hands, that always felt better and continues to feel better for me. Yeah, I love that. I love that you said um, that you take some time to really decide and consider how you're really feeling about it rather than just jumping and, um, you know, going off that first instinct sometime is like, well, I feel conflicted. So I'll just pick one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the problem is though, when we say yes to someone and we don't really mean it, then we end up doing what we've said yes to with resentment and it doesn't feel good to us and it doesn't feel good to the other person. So nobody wins. But when we say yes, because we really want to do it unconditionally without any expectation of how they will receive it or perceive it, that feels really good to yourself and to the person that you're saying yes to. So that's a win-win. Yeah. Yes. I love that so much. Okay. What has been your biggest risk in your business that turned into a big win? (laughs) Okay. So I'm really excited to say that, um, first of all, I've always been a little ahead of my time, always doing things way before everyone else. But Mm -hmm. um, about a year ago, um, I started um, a new service called uh, The Quickie, a lovely texting option. And it was kind of a risk because um, I, I didn't exactly know how it was going to work out. However, it was a request from a few of my um, integrative clients, and it's turned out amazing because, first of all, especially now with people in quarantine, it's been really helpful to move most of my clients to this service. Uh, People are experiencing uh, not having enough privacy to do phone call or Skype. Uh, sessions. So the quickie turned out to be just like the perfect thing. The other thing that's been great about it is that when people are texting me a question, they are often unconsciously 
or already answering their own question. And then I will, you know, answer the question and then they'll text me again and I'll text, we'll text back and forth. But when they go back to look at kind of the transcript of the, the back and forth between us, they realize they're able to see that they already knew. And then what happens then is they begin to really trust themselves. Mm, Yeah, that's so valuable. It's very valuable. I'm just like the conduit of how they can tap back into themselves and reinforce for themselves that they know. It doesn't matter that you don't know how you know or why you know. Most of the time, you know for yourself. And that's really important for people to embrace. Yes. No, I love that so much. I love the texting option too. I actually was talking to a friend the other day. I just discovered Marco Polo, which is like, right. It's so great. (laughs) And I was like, I'm so adding this as a coaching option because a, I love it. Um, and B it's not like, okay, we have to wait until our call. Like, right. You can reach out whatever, whatever is good for you. Um, so I, I, I love the idea of the texty option. Um, quickie text option is what I meant to say. (laughs) Um, so what are you working on now or where is your business headed? You know, I'm not really sure. I'm taking a little pause as we're all in quarantine. I feel like this has been such a lovely opportunity for me as well to just kind of take a breath. And um, to not really focus on what is next at all. And that feels good. It, it, it feels really, really good. Yeah, um, I love that. And I think that we are, we've been all been given permission on some level to do that right now. And I hope that in whatever way, everyone can utilize that and just relax. Um, I hope that they do. Because this is just, um, in some ways, um, it's, a, it's a very interesting time. It's a very strange time. But it's really a time about um, just giving ourselves permission to be where we are because we have to be. So right. it's kind of a blessing. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Tell us a little bit about your book, The Ever-Loving Essence of You, which I love that title so much. It's fantastic. Um, the Ever-Loving Essence of You is about how we are uh, creating and recreating a long-term connected relationship with ourselves. And it is my belief that the relationship that we have with ourselves moment by moment is the very basis for every other relationship that we will go on to have with another. So how can we create the best relationship with ourselves moment by moment so that the relationships that we create with others can really support us in the life that we want to live? And it's interesting because most of us or many of us have spent our whole lives avoiding creating a connection with ourselves. And we have great 
excuses, especially women. We, I was going to say, why do we do that? <laughs> we Women take on so many caretaking roles. We wear so many hats. And yet, we tend to use all those people and different roles as our excuse why we have not addressed ourselves. And I must say that it's unavoidable. <laughs> it's so yeah. You know, it's something that not that we need to do, but it's something that we really can do because when we do every other relationship that we have with another feels so much better. Yes, I completely agree. Yes. So that's that, been my finding too is, you know, really getting authentic with myself and knowing me really knowing me, not just if I like chocolate chip cookies and, you know, whatever, but, you know, like really getting to know the real me um, and being really authentic with and honest and um, truthful with myself has been huge for all of my relationships. So I completely agree with what you're saying. Yeah. And it's such a lovely option and it's such a lovely gift to ourselves and to everyone else. And and I think it's important to know what kind of cookies you like because there are a lot of people <laughs> that know what kind of cookies their children like, their husband, their friends, their blah, blah. But do they know what kind of cookies they like? No, they don't. So even some of the basic things, you know, to give yourself permission to get to know yourself. And by even sitting with yourself for a few minutes every morning first thing first and foremost because that gives us the message that we're important and that we matter and when we give to ourselves it makes it so much easier to extend ourselves unconditionally to others and care for our family and and care for you know people in the workplace and you know do a job better and and on and on and on there's like there's no downside to that at all. So, yeah. I love that. That's, yes, I com- completely agree with everything out of your mouth. <laughs> um, I, yes, I completely, totally agree. And I really, I was just sitting here like listening to your beautiful voice thinking, I could probably listen to you talk all day. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, it things though are things that we already know and they're just reminders because once we start doing these things they feel so natural to us so we know all of these things we just need or can step into them relax into them and practice them and rediscover them right like you know and I know that they're inside of you you just have to bring them out Yes. Rediscover. That's a great word. Yes. This is, this is so fun. Okay. Let's move into a quick rapid fire. What is a book article person or talk that has changed your life? Um, I love the work of uh, Esther uh, Hicks, Abraham Hicks, Esther and Jerry. And so she Mm -hmm. is my mentor. um, And that, Work has changed my life in many, many ways um, because I'm not sure if you're familiar with that work, but it, she really believes that, um, you know, our, 
our life is based in joy and well-being is a birthright and none of this is really a big deal. And that is very reassuring for people to hear, especially when they feel so overwhelmed by everything. Um, it's the reassurance that all is well is also very helpful. So yes, I highly recommend anything by um, Abraham Hicks. Yes, I love I love listening to them. Um, I've listened to several of their books um, on Audible, and they are fantastic. Um, yes. What is your favorite Friday night at home? Um, <laughs> um, I um, I just like to get in bed early <laughs> with a great book on a Friday night. And I guess that speaks to, you know, our age as we get older, we realize Friday nights are not what they used to be. (laughs) That that, for me, that feels really um, like a nice treat and um, a a nice thing to do for myself with myself. Yes. I love that. Yes, that's fantastic. Okay. What was your, what was your dream job as a kid? This is always my favorite question because sometimes they totally align with what people do now. And then other times it's like so crazy off base. (laughs) And it's so, it's so interesting to see kind of where people come from. So what was your, what was your dream job as a kid? Wow. You know, I always knew it was about helping people, but I don't know. You know, the other thing I did in as a child and as a young adult is I traveled a lot. So I think on some level, before even travel blogs were in existence, um, I thought about traveling and writing. Yes. Oh, yes. Like you said, you've always been kind of ahead of the curve. So I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. What is your next vacation that you're planning? I don't know. I'm so sad about our travel situation right now because um, I don't really see myself getting on a plane anytime soon feeling comfortable. So um, I just, I don't know. I would love to start planning travel, thinking about travel. I just, I'm just not there yet. And, you know, on that note, I would like to say that as we are opening everything up after this pandemic, that everyone really needs to um, decide how they personally feel about it moment by moment, no matter what everyone else is doing. Because I think we really have to navigate this very personally. And we have to allow other people to make decisions based on how they feel. And we have to make decisions based on how we feel. And I know for me, that like changes moment by moment. So I'm totally. Really yeah, I'm really trusting myself um, without looking outside myself too much to get any guidance, knowing what is feeling right for me. And I, I love that you said that. Yeah. I love that you said that because I actually have been not struggling at all, but just really concerned with the idea that people are out there and condemning people for not thinking that the way the same way that they do or not completely totally agreeing with each other and things like that and it's like 
there's so much information and a lot of it is conflicting. And so I, I am not down for the idea that people think that it's okay to try to make me feel a certain way about something right about this. Like you said, it changes minute to minute at this point, right. Of, of not really knowing how to feel about it. But the thing is that when we are so clear for ourselves without considering what other people are doing, we tend to allow others to do what they want. So we extend people the same courtesy. So I encourage people to get really clear about what works for you and stay focused on you and then allow other people to make whatever choice that is for them. And then you're not judging them and you're not judging you. And everyone kind of gets to navigate this how it feels best. And I think that that is the best way that we can kind of um, take care of ourselves and allow other people to take care of themselves, however that looks for them. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. Yes, I completely, totally agree. Um, So where can people find you to get more information about you and your services? I have a website. It's www.jamie-lernr.com. And everything you would ever need to know is on there. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to, obviously, I'll drop it in the show notes. Um, Last question. What is your best advice to help our listeners live with audacity? Laugh, relax, trust yourself, love yourself. Yes. Love that. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay, ma'am. Thank you so much for being here. I had such a good time with you and I, I just love everything that you said and your voice is so soothing. (laughs) Thank you so much for inviting me. Hey y'all. I had to jump in here real quick because I need a favor. If you are loving the live with audacity podcast, I need you to do me a big solid favor and share it with your friends share it on social media and go to the apple itunes link and click subscribe rate it review it i need to know your feedback and i want to keep putting this out for you so i really need your help to get the message out thank you so so much for your loyalty and your super kind and sweet words they mean so terribly much to me 